Hi, my name is Josh McCarthy, and I want to welcome you to another edition of our Ask the Experts Weekend here on 104.5 WOKV. And this show is dedicated to you, the workforce of today and tomorrow. Pete, the job guy, Langlois, introduces his listeners to the most innovative companies, and he explores the career journeys behind some of the world's most influential individuals. And this is all done with an honest and oh-so-entertaining filter that is unique to Pete, the job guy, Langlois. And stepping in for Pete, the job guy, is his buddy, Eric Hot Sauce Ross. Take it away, Eric. Welcome, 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 all you hard workers. Well, you did it. Let me congratulate each and every one of you because you did something special today. You made a great decision, and that is listening to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy. And me, Eric Ross, today. Sorry. This show is dedicated to the workforce of today and tomorrow, and here we give workforce advice, tips, guidance, and real-life examples and stories of hard work helping you become more effective and productive in your careers. We also introduce you to some of Jacksonville's most influential, on-the-rise, and inspirational people, and today is no different. We have a very special guest I will introduce you to here in just a moment. But first, let's acknowledge the elephant in the room. Who is this man speaking over the airwaves, and where is that thick Boston accent? Well, Pete the Job Guy is out, conquering the staffing world today with the Ascendo Resources team, and you're stuck with me, the B team. Eric Ross here. You might have heard me previously. I'm irrelevant. You're here to listen to the guest and, of course, our producer, Josh. Today we're going to discuss hard work as always, but mix in another important job that requires hard work, possibly the most important job and responsibility, and sometimes more difficult than the jobs we work to pay our bills, the job of being a father. So without further ado, I welcome Clayton Baird to the studio. Clayton, welcome. Man, thanks so much. Glad to be here. I appreciate the invitation. You excited? Very excited, but I do need, I, you guys have I awesome got, nicknames, man. I need like a dope nickname. <clears throat> we'll, we'll get there. Let me read All your right. intro first, and then I want you to chime in if I'm missing anything. So Clayton is a dynamic communicator with a passion to inspire people from all walks of life through God's word. He's served over 16 years as a pastor, 10 of those years here in Jacksonville. Clayton enjoys traveling throughout the year and speaking to thousands of people across churches, organizations, conferences, boardrooms, and schools, encouraging them in the areas of faith, family, and leadership. Clayton and his wife, Bethany, have been married for 15 years and have two sons, Jude and Croy. What am I missing? <laughs> That's it. That's, that sounds a lot better than it is, maybe. Besides a dope nickname, which we'll get to by the end. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say dope. Pete wouldn't like that because that's... Um, not not as professional as he'd have it. Okay. He'd say groovy or far out. Groovy, you know, far little, out. A little yeah. more generational. All right, we, all right. We have to acknowledge the intro music, too. We might have to change that up. We're going to hit that later. But <laughs> um, So to start off with here, maybe a brief story. Where you come from? How'd you end up here? I love that you've been in Jacksonville. We do a lot of Jacksonville talk yeah. here. So let's hear it. Yeah, no, born, born in the Midwest, Kansas City. Uh, that's where my dad's side is still at. Um, but uh, most of my growing up was in Charleston, South Carolina. So just a couple hours you know, up the road. And uh, got to uh, Jacksonville in 2012, the beginning of 2012. I had a friendship with a guy down here who was working uh, in, in a church here in Jacksonville. I was up at a church in the Atlanta area at that time, and uh, he was like, Hey man, we got some openings. Would you consider coming to, to Jacksonville? And, uh, you know, the Southeast has always been home. So really enjoy, uh, the Southeast. And I was like, shoot. Yeah. And so, you know, my wife and I, we thought about it and we didn't have any kids back then. And so, you know, it's a little bit of an easier move when you don't have kids. And so, yeah, we came 2012, man. And, uh, been, been in church. I've been in church work now for, you know, I've been a pastor for 16 years, 16 and years. So, uh, so it's been a while, but, um, but yeah, man, that's what brought us here. So you were married at the time. 
Yeah, we got married young and uh, in our early 20s. And uh, yeah, married at the time. We're passing 15 years this month. Congratulations. And so appreciate it. We'll and, go back uh, to that in a second. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so for listeners involved in the church or not, I, I respect whatever your beliefs are. I, I happen to to be in the same world that you are. What does it look like going to school? How do you find a job, right? Are you job searching? Are you applying for jobs online? Are people calling you once you get certified? I, I'll be honest. I don't know. How does it work? Yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 third generation. So oh. my, my dad uh, was a pastor as well. And so I, I grew up in a pastor's home, you know, so we understood, you know, being a part of a church, you know, being in the faith. And um, and so I, I was playing basketball, Division II school, Anderson University in South Carolina. Can you dunk? Um, back then I could, yes, but, but not anymore. I'm I'm 37 now and it's the hops aren't what they used to be and so uh but um yeah it felt like it felt like honestly like that's what god wanted me to do with my life as well and so i kind of like left school went to bible college in <laughs> australia and uh so went all the way to australia to do that and uh, that's where i met bethany and uh yeah got married came back <clears throat> Dad hired me. Thanks, thanks, Dad. Dad, for the start. Thanks, Dad. We appreciate and, you. Uh, appreciate those paychecks. And uh, but then eventually, you know, you're making relationships and some other opportunities open up. And yeah, so we're we're gonna go back to the dad thing multiple times today. Josh, I gotta ask you, how tall are you? I am six one. Can you touch the rim? I can touch it upon jumping. Yeah. Okay. Can but you I, dunk? I, I can snap it. I, oh, I, I I should say I the last time I tried was probably five years ago. A couple of <laughs> it's time couple, to try it again. A couple of knee dislocations ago. <laughs> oh, that's so, all it takes. Uh, I, so I'm going to go ahead and say no. I can't touch the rim. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We uh, get off topic pretty easily, especially when it comes <laughs> around jumping. But um, so right, we we talk a lot about hard work. Yeah. Right. Pete, the job guy, Lang Loys, works for the Sender Resources. Always talk. He's a staffing guru. Right. He's over. I've hired over a thousand people in my day. I can't do it the same way he can. But I'm curious for someone looking to go into a profession in that industry. What does it look like, right? How does somebody find a job there other than, right, you got your dad, but how can someone get hired in that industry specifically? Yeah, honestly, there's, I mean, just like looking for jobs anywhere. I mean, you'll, you'll see postings, churches churches make postings just like the normal marketplace makes postings of jobs and stuff like that. You know, de- depending on uh, what type of church and denomination you might go into, you know, some are, are requiring different types of uh, education and internships and, and, you know, people go to seminary uh, to get degrees. And so, uh, so really it just maybe depends on the type of church you're going to, you're going to land yourself in. But, uh, but yeah, there's, I mean, if you, if you hop on, uh, any of the, the big name kind of job search platforms, yeah. Churches, Indeed, ZipRecruiter, exactly, all of yeah. Them. Okay. Church, churches are on there for sure. This is a, another reason I was looking forward to having you in here other than I would say that we're becoming friends over time, right? Our kids are the same age. 100%. But putting a, a kind of an exclamation point on churches are still a business, right? You still have to, to keep the lights on, to, to yeah. pay the rent, to, to pay salaries, et cetera. So Curious, what is what is success in your industry look like, right? In the church, what is success? What is if you know, we'll get to failures here in a second? But how do you consider a church successful? Well, a church. I think you know, considering a church successful versus me, what do I personally consider? We're going to get to that in a second um, here. By the I mean, way, no, I mean, I churches. Yeah, you're right. Obviously, there's certainly a spiritual component. We want people to grow in their relationship with God. We want them to have an opportunity to grow in their faith. Um, we want it to be a safe place where people can come. They feel like every, everyone's welcome. Um, and uh, and so, but yeah, I mean, to your point, churches. You're right. There's expenses, uh, you know, in, in church work, quote unquote. Uh, and um, and so, you know, people are 
obviously giving. Their people are generous. Uh, and then at the same time, you know, churches are, are also trying to make wise investments. You know, pr- properties can be investments. Um, and so sometimes, you know, churches are, are trying to do what they can to uh, even even past parishioners giving graciously money, uh, you know, sometimes churches are also trying to figure out how can we, you know, make wise choices with the money? How can we make wise investments that, you know, end up being uh, beneficial for the future? I mean, I think I, I'm not Roman Catholic, <laughs> but I think every Catholic out there can understand uh, the Catholics certainly cornered the market on great property around the mm. world. And so uh, so for centuries, they figured it out. But <laughs> So you, you talked about success too, right? You have the church, you personally, and that's, how do you answer that? on the spot, but what is success for you? Yeah, I think about it. I've always said the same thing. I think success for me personally is, um, this is why I always tell people, uh, when those who know you the most, lo- or when those who know you the best love you the most, Ooh. I think that's success. Say it again. When those who know you the best love you the most. Oh, so in other words, people who, who have, they, they see the good parts of you, the bad parts of you. Um, they see you at your best. They see you at your worst. If those people still love you when it's all said and done, I think you're winning. I love it. I love it. I'm going to have to uh, quote that, by by the way. I know you're not on LinkedIn. That's where we, we share a lot of our stuff. But yeah, I'm going to yeah. tag that and you know put a little dash and quote you on that. So you are a professional speaker, correct? I do. Yes, that is primarily what I do, yeah. So you're traveling constantly. Yep, good, good amount of the year, yeah, for sure. How many days a year are you on the road? Um, well, you know, since COVID and all that, it's definitely come down a bit. Before, I mean, before that, I would, I, I think at my highest, you know, I was speaking, um, you know, I mean, maybe 40, 50 times a year uh, in different different oh, venues. Man. So, okay. yeah. So, so when you speak to an audience, right, what is what excites you the most? Is it number of people in the crowd? Is it age demographics? Like, what gets you fired up when you're standing in front of an audience? Like, I'm going to crush this. You know, everyone always thinks like, yeah, uh, you know, and, and I don't just speak, you know, in churches. It's not like I'm only doing Sundays. You know, I, I've been fortunate enough to have opportunities in, in, in boardrooms and marketplace meetings, business meetings, uh, you know, coming in and doing uh, different leadership talks and, you know, just speaking to people about, about leadership and kind of, you know, stepping up to the plate and all that, what that looks like. And so a lot of people would assume that like the more people in the room, that's what excites you. Like, oh, you know, there's a few things thousand people out there but honestly like I think what excites me the most is the smaller room that's filled with more leaders because you know that I'm talking to a room full of influencers and what I'm sharing with them has the ability to uh, to 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 reach even more people if they go and share it again with those that they influence. You know what I mean? And so um so you know the big crowds are nice, but you can you know sometimes when you're speaking to a big crowd, you can you can only go so deep in what you're sharing. But when you're in a room and it's only maybe 20, 30 people, it allows you more of an opportunity for a dialogue uh, that can happen. But then you can also maybe take things a little bit deeper in whatever it is the principles you know that that you're sharing and trying to help people with I, i'm going to keep giving shout outs to to pete he said he's never met a microphone he didn't like right <laughs> any opportunity like to that. speak he'll, he'll take it so when you're when you're speaking to an audience again i love the business component future leaders and again i, I googled you a couple times to try to find some content oh, you I, found some good stuff i got yeah. something good here we're going to talk about <laughs> in a second but what do you dread when speaking to uh, a group of people? Is there something when you walk in, you're like, oh man, I'm not looking forward to this, but I got to put on my A game. I think you're just, for me, I'm such a, I'm, so I'm, I'm type A, OCD. Like, and so I have, I have all of my content in my head, um, whether I'm preaching in church, whether I'm speaking to marketplace leaders and, 
and and sometimes I just I want to make sure I say it like I want to say it, you know, <laughs> like I want to make sure I deliver it like I see it going in my mind. And and a lot of times I've been doing this long enough to where you, you catch a rhythm, you catch a flow. Um, any communicator out there would know what that feels like, and and you know you do you do it right a lot of the time. Uh, but sometimes you know I, I get back in the car, I go home, and I'm just like ah I forgot to say this. I should have done that. I could have made that better. And uh, so you just get down on yourself. No one else knows. Any only of that. you. But yeah, they only think you. they think that was great. Thanks for coming. It, it, so it's only me that would put that pressure on myself. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Josh, what do you think? You ever put pressure on yourself? Yeah, you know, I always try to be the harshest critic of myself because if I can make myself happy, then I think anybody who respects me or needs anything from me will be satisfied with what I can provide for them. Yeah. I, I think most business leaders, any leader, right? Parent, etc. Sometimes we're harder on ourselves and put more pressure on ourselves than anyone else. Yeah. Right. Agreed? 100%. Oh, man. I love you guys are just yesing me. It's, a, it's outstanding. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so... I think I'll, I'll just say yeah. this. I think the worst... I think, like, the, the worst room to talk to some sometimes i always tell communicators so i do uh, like i'll travel and, and teach communicator workshops to people help people understand you know some some effective and you know practices uh best practices for communicating to all different types of audiences and one of the things i always tell people is uh like focus on the the guy or the girl in the crowd that's like giving you eye contact and they're like they're nodding they're, <laughs> yes. they're with you you know what i mean because sometimes when you're speaking to a crowd like if, if you if you catch eyes with the dude who looks like he's falling asleep then it's just it ruins you like or has you, the cell phone out scrolling yeah it just looks it. like yep. he's totally disengaged yep. and then you're like oh my gosh what am I, I i'm not i'm not being effective maybe i'm not making my point clearly and everyone and now I'm, I'm failing oh my god and like and you start to get in your head like i don't know have you ever had a moment where uh, you know you're, you're communicating and words are coming out of your mouth but you're thinking about something totally different it's really amazing how your your mind and your mouth are like working separately but uh but i always tell people lock lock in on somebody who's with you one engaged and that'll help you just keep trucking along yeah it's very easy to just whatever you're doing to go into autopilot so you'll be <laughs> yeah. thinking about something while talking about really anything unimportant or talking unimportant while thinking about something very important <laughs> yeah. or really so so it is good to focus on people who are listening to you and if you That's kind of start joining find on, the listener and they're like uh do what you are know, you talking about do you know an, another bit of advice i got and i still live by this right i enjoy public speaking i, I don't think i'm on the level that pete is but you know they said when you're standing on stage you look at the entire crowd and imagine yourself standing on stage in nothing but your underwear <laughs> like you. Oh yeah. wait, that's it's supposed to be the opposite. Imagine <laughs> everyone else standing in their underwear. I always heard that. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Uh, I can't. There's been some crowds. I don't know if I that would be yeah, a good no, picture. Yeah, no, you can't. That, that's the worst advice I ever you got. Know, so is like, standing on stage and nothing but your underwear. <laughs> don't imagine that if you're public speaking. So, you talked about doing um, seminars and talking to people about how to engage. How do you train? Do you have specific tactics? A go-to book advice? Uh, train, develop, and improve future leaders. Um, I mean, I so I I've kind of developed my own little curriculum of sorts. You know, it's kind of like six or seven parts of kind of sessions that I'll go in and, and teach around communicating, specifically uh, geared towards uh, faith-based communicators. But um, but a lot of the principles could apply across marketplace, uh, corporate kind of world as well. Um, but there's a great one of the one of the best books I think is out there in regards to communicating. There's a book, and I, I excuse me if I get the title a little wrong, but it's like, um, speak like Churchill, stand like Lincoln. Ooh. And, uh, that's a great book that it, those are two legends. Right yeah. There. It takes those two legends, really breaks down their communication style and, and how they addressed people because they, they certainly had their fair share of famous speeches. So, yeah. All right. So 
again, I, I try to do some prep before coming on these. Clay Baird here. Love the dude more and more the more I hang out with him. I Somehow I found this, and it's an article that says, What Pastor Clayton Baird Taught Me About Leadership. You know this article or no? Um, is it by a guy named Alex? I didn't even Sam- see the name. I okay. said it didn't matter because there's a couple it things might, right I, I, Maybe I have seen it, but no. I'm gonna Go read, ahead. What I'm gonna I read the, I'm going to read the 10 things that he wrote down, and there's, a, there's kind of a sentence for each one. Okay. It's great. Walk in humility. Love it, right? Humility is in leadership is like a timeless piece of clothing. And then there's a sentence there. Don't seek promotion. Lead yourself first. Develop culture. Love that one. We talk about culture here all the time. Yeah. Build your platform. Empower others. Again, love that. What is a true leader, right? Someone who empowers others. Right. Always cast vision. Duplicate yourself. Be passionate. Love the duplicate yourself one here. Leaders are measured by the caliber of leaders they develop, not by their own leadership. Yeah. Don't know who this guy is. Never met him. Googled you. I'm going to say, I'm going to try to research some good stuff. Nice. So of those 10 things, anything jump out to you? You're just like, yeah, I said all that. No, I mean, I know. I I think I remember uh, sharing that stuff. I think it might have been from a guy who I did a a, a podcast uh, conference with a while ago. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm glad he took some notes, wrote some things down. Hopefully it was meaningful to him. All right. Before we start pivoting towards the uh, fatherhood, that full-time job, how much of hard work that is, uh, in your world, right, what what does failure look like? Both your your profession and then personally, we were like, man, I just uh, I feel like I failed here, but you learned from it, improved, and grew and developed from that. Well, I mean, I like I love what you just said, right? I learned from it, so I've always been of the mindset that failure is never failure if you learn from it. There are no losses; there are only lessons. I love that. There's two letters I away need to from write each that other. down. And so I know, so I fully agree with that. I think I think the only time something is failure is even when you didn't learn or you quit. And, oh, uh, yeah. and so I, I think those are the only two cases where, you know, you could say, all right, I failed, you know, and I, and I walked away. I think as, as long as you get back up, you try again, you learn something, you're like, all right, well that, Hey, that didn't work out, but now I know, and let's try it again and I'll do it different the next time. And, uh, so I, I don't know, man, I think, you know, failure is a huge word. It, it really is. It's a, it's a, it's a big word. It's a heavy word. And, um, I don't know that I look at anything in my life thus far and say, I failed in that area. I think honestly, like there's certainly been moments where things didn't go like I would have hoped they would have gone. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I learned in those moments and, uh, and I either learned that a, okay, that, that thing maybe isn't for me, that path isn't for me. Um, or I, you know, I learned and, uh, tried again. So Josh, you got your mic on? I do now. All right. Failures. You look in the mirror like, man, that felt, but it, it's never a failure. You got any examples? Uh, nothing as extreme as that. I I'll try to keep it a little lighthearted, but for me, it's like, if I'm, if I'm on a mission to, do my like do better by myself whether it's fitness or nutrition and i just have one too many cookies uh, cookies or if my weakness <laughs> is the reese's peanut butter cups okay and i i just i can't just have one i eat too many and i have it all just a bit of gluttony when it comes to the okay the intake or i didn't wake up and work out or oh, something man. small like that we can get into the fatherhood failures later yeah you guys got me feeling things, real guilty but... about myself i got a long no i'm kidding <laughs> i don't i really have to agree clay there there are no failures but um Right, so we, we try to give recommendations, tips, et cetera. I, I love leadership development, culture specifically. Pete f- focuses on the staffing industry. My company focuses on employee ben- uh, benefits, company culture. I am a connoisseur of books. What are you reading right now? Any books that jump out to you for leadership, developments, culture, et cetera, besides the Bible, of course? I read a lot of the Bible. It comes, comes with the job. Um, but uh, – Sorry, I mean, honestly, like, what am I reading right at this moment? Like this morning, I'm reading this book, this new book on prayer. It's called Dangerous Prayers by a guy named Craig Rochelle, a big leader uh, out of uh, Oklahoma, but um, church leader, that is. Um, And so, but past that, man, 
honestly, like I, like I said, I referenced that one book about, about communication. Um, every year I go back and I read this one book every year. It's called A Tale of Three Kings. Um, again, it's a faith-based book by a guy named Gene Edwards, but it, it, it looks at three historical kings, real, real men, but you know, they are listed in scripture, uh, a guy named Saul, a guy named David and a guy named Absalom. And, um, and it really breaks down their relationship with one another. They're, they're, uh, and, and their, their, their leadership, their, their kingship. And so, um, I read that book every year cause it always just keeps me in check, uh, with who I need to be and who I don't need to be. Perfect so. segue. We got it. We got about a minute and a half, maybe two minutes max before commercial break. Word on the street is you're currently writing a book. I am. Yeah, no. And, and so you're I'm wrapping on my up last chapter, chapter 13, just finished chapter 13, got one more to go. And uh, hopefully this fall we'll have, we'll have some, do you some have a title? Hands. Yeah, it's called No Extra Parts. Yeah, okay. No Extra Parts. And so it's helping people uh, clearly see their purpose in life and the, and the plan that God has for them. Outstanding. And you said that we can expect that in the fall. This fall, 22. Will you autograph my copy? Ab- absolutely, <laughs> man. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, to, to my best friend, to, radio host. Oh, I love it. Uh, Eric the Boss Ross. Hot sauce, hot sauce Ross. Hot sauce. Man. I'm not the boss. I'll never be That's the boss. That's the other Eric Ross, yeah. We so, have hot sauce on our hands. Are we, how are we doing on time here? we got about two minutes. Two minutes left. Yep. Okay. So... We're going to start the transition here now to parenting, right? Okay. I, I truly believe work hard, you know, hard work pays off. There's no shortcuts. There's no magic pills. You know, what, what's the saying? I can't, it might've been Abraham Lincoln, right? The harder I work, the luckier I get. No, that wasn't, it doesn't matter who said it. He can look it up online. He can we'll, Google it while we'll we're We'll give here. it to Abe. Yeah, Abe, Abe it we'll, is. There you go, Abe. Um, we'll give I, you that I thought one. it was Churchill, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have young kids, three, five, and seven. Clay, how old are your kids? Seven and two. Josh? Three and five. So we got three dads here all in very similar trenches. I bet a lot of listeners might have older kids, maybe no kids, maybe same age, but I don't think there's any sometimes more stressful, more difficult job and harder work than being a parent. Yeah. So coming up here in about, uh, I don't know, a minute, two minutes after the commercial break, we're going to talk about parenting, the grind that that consists of, balancing that. Um, What do you think? I love it, man. There's a lot to talk. It's not easy. You don't get a manual for this kind of stuff. You sure don't. You sure don't. And everything people tell you, they don't tell you what they need to tell you. (laughs) Sleep when the baby sleeps. That's about all I got. (laughs) All right. We'll see you here in a minute after this commercial break. You're listening to Hard Work with Pete the Dog Guy. And one WKP. Welcome back, all you hard workers. That's my best Boston impression right there. Pete the Job Guy is out this week. Eric Ross here. But welcome back. If you missed the first half, you will be able to search it down on all the podcast stations. What does Pete say? Spotify, Pandora. The LinkedIn, your Apple the- Podcasts, your Spotify, your Amazon, your Google Play. Thank you. I like Thank it. You. I like so it. you can find them if you missed the, the first app. But we have, or you can uh, go to PeteTheJobGuy.com to find it. them all nicely placed there for you as Which well. Which apparently there's a new website coming, according to Pete, because there's right. some issues okay. on it. So on if you seat. missed the first half, we have Clayton Baird, uh, pastor, professional speaker, really kind of just an awesome dude in general, but but father, right? Father. And father. Yes, and of we're two. Gonna, two we're going to hit that hard. It's going to be a big topic here. And if you if you didn't hear the commercial either, it's, it's Adeline. I want, Adeline. Yeah, Adeline. my daughter Adeline so brings us back to the that. show. Welcome to 104.5 with Pete the Jets. It's adorable. <laughs> so what do we do on this show? We try to emphasize hard work, right? The You know, what, what, what comes with hard work? Usually success. Tips, tricks, advice, et cetera. But I believe the hardest job that I was ever given and I didn't apply for it, although I kind of knew what caused me being a father. That's it. Fatherhood, right? Yeah, yeah. So we've got some some dads here and we're gonna cut it up a little bit and talk about 
wins, losses, I, I would imagine funny stories. Josh and I, before we started filming, we're talking about diapers. How nice is it to be out of diapers? But I still got one more to go. Yeah. Yeah. So so let's let's start there. We we we're ranging in age from three. Seven, so I have a seven and a two year old. Two is the youngest of yep. this group and, and seven mm. is the oldest. That's impressive. That's a pretty tight knit group there. Yeah. These are young ages here, right? Yep. So you can tell all of us are probably thinning hair, gray hair, <laughs> getting the dad bots day over day. But so um Clay, let's let's start with you. Did you want kids growing up? Did you anticipate it? Were you ready for it when it when it came? And then yeah. how excited for you were you when it happened? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, definitely wanted a family. Uh, I, I'm one of three uh, siblings. Uh, grew up definitely wanting a family. Uh, my wife and I, we waited a while. Like we were married, uh, you know, seven years almost before we we jumped into having kids. So we definitely had a, a good run of just the two of us. Yeah, you know, you can just spend all the money on yourself, and so uh, that's nice. But um, yeah, definitely wanted kids. Had had our first and uh first boy both of them born here in jacksonville uh down at beaches baptist and um shout out, Beach, shout Beach, out Beach. Beaches. but um <laughs> yeah and so uh and then it took us a little while the, the gap between the two was a little more than we wanted we we had some troubles kind of ha- having the second one but um but you know we ended up with two and uh, it's been been great and so you you asked were, were you ready someone told me a long time ago some advice you're like you're never ready you just you just do it you know what i mean you just got like you're never financially ready quote unquote love that you said that and and again we're going to pivot the same question to you you are never ready and i'm going to pivot this to work yeah you got a promotion to the ceo you you probably doubt yourself i'm not ready yeah right you're looking at a job elsewhere i don't know if i'm ready you're never ready the same thing with parenting so 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 josh what about you you did you want kids were you prepared for it did you talk about it yeah, I uh, grew up in a, with a household with four kids, so I'm one of four. So I always wanted kids because I just they're awesome, and uh, I wanted multiple kids because I knew how special it was to have that bond yeah. with somebody else. And my dad has always been getting compliments as long as I can remember. Oh, what a great dad! Such a perfect dad. I wish my dad was more like your dad. And so, <laughs> what were your I, thoughts when you were a kid? <laughs> yeah, so, no, I thought he was great. Okay, I mean, okay. So, so I try to um, oh, that's awesome. symbolize. Oh, like I try to be like that towards my kids. I've always wanted kids. Um, uh, I didn't feel ready when it first happened. It was we we didn't we didn't uh, pencil her into our calendar as we could say. <laughs> so, but I mean, we were not ready either. But we were not all the way where we could have been. Right. You'll but, never be ready. Exactly. Yeah. To, to go back to Eric's Eric's previous point. Uh, but yeah, so we we had my first daughter Adeline at the end of sixteen, and we had we were together for six years, married for two of them. So we definitely had yeah. a lot of time yep. to ourselves. But everything hits the brakes once that first baby sure. is born. Yep. Oh my goodness! I okay, think you, you just you grow as you go, right? Yeah, you you, you fake it till you make it. Yeah, and then you you just okay. you have no choice but to learn <laughs> to adapt and to overcome that little everything some some things i learned so my my wife was an only child i had a, a brother who passed so away was a couple my years. Wife. Yeah. Hey, wow. only child my wife wanted five kids and we were dating i'm like no absolutely not <laughs> two she's like all right we'll see right i'm like whatever love this woman whatever you say babe so we had two boys um identical age as my uh, myself and my late brother and I, I was done and then lost my brother and it's like eh, let's think about it so we had a daughter third kid I laugh. You go from right when you have one kid, you got two parents, one kid. Then when you have two kids, you go to man to man. And then someone told me when you have a third kid and more, you're in zone coverage. Zone. And and, and look, I'm I'm curious. I want to hear your perspective. 
paranoia from first kid, right? Well, difference from, from fatherhood, from first kid to second kid, things that you did with the first kid where you're like, yeah, I don't need to do that. It's not necessary. Mine was like the yeah. first thing that comes to mind. I remember <laughs> I would go in, you got to remember I was a firefighter and a nurse. I saw some pretty, some pretty messed up stuff, yeah, right? For sure. I would go in and check to make sure my son was breathing for the first couple of weeks and months at nighttime. I think everyone does that. We did. Well, sure. the third, I'm telling you, yeah. the third kid, I'm throwing her in her crib oh, at, yeah, at yeah. six o'clock in the night. I'll see you tomorrow. But yeah. So besides oh, I mean, that, yeah. oh, the first kid, yeah. I mean, we we bought every device on the market. Oh, you know gosh. what I mean? There's like heart heart like sensor monitors yeah. and just, there's all all the gear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't don't eat that dirt. Don't do any of that <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? And then oh, you man. get the second kid and you're just like, whatever, man. Like eat as much dirt as you want. I don't. You know, it's, God yeah. made dirt. Hurt, don't don't hurt, you know. Yeah, like that's it. Yeah, we were way more helicopter parents with my first my my daughter, and then when my son was born, we kind of more uh, laissez faire with it. And he's basically indestructible. This kid, they're tougher. Yeah, I, I think it might be something between girls and boys as well. There might just be something physically different where my son will see a dresser and want to climb it and then jump off of it, <laughs> where my daughter will just just like complain a lot. She'll, she'll, she'll mentally damage you, not physically damage your house. <laughs> so so, yeah. so youngest here is a daughter. She's three, right? Three, five, and seven. Yeah. She's the wildest one. Oh, yeah. really? She, and again, I think it's, a, it's the third kid. You got two bigger, bigger brothers. Yeah. So parenting yep. t- lays off a little bit. So. She's got to survive in that house, man. She's oh, learned man. survival skills. This is, I could talk about this stuff for hours, by the way. I love parenting <laughs> conversations. Okay. I think our first kid, too, like got my wife's personality, which is just so meek, so just <laughs> gentle and kind. And I mean, you know, you know, my oldest son, I, like, yes. you know, he's just, he's just a he's nice, a sweet, sweet dude. I love this boy. guy. Uh, the second one, he's only two and a half, but boy, he's pushing the limit. And I think he's a little more of me. He's a little more strong-willed, and uh, he's not going to go down without a fight. So <laughs> Okay. I love it, man. And, and just the fact that we're all living, like, the same life, the same trenches. Let's talk about sleep. Because I'll, I'll be honest, I got no sleep last night. Got a kid who came into bed, beat my, me and my wife to death during sleep time. <laughs> how, is, how is your sleep regimen now? When can you tell parents, like, hey, you're not going to sleep for X amount of time. Get used to it. I mean, I we sleep great. You do <laughs> so now. Maybe I shouldn't be okay. in this no, conversation. No, no, this is good. This like is good. we sleep great. We're, we're in a ride. You know, here. like we we did that. Um, you know, I, people are weird. You know how you talk to parents. Some of them love the baby books. Some people are like, ah, oh, books. What do they know? You know, we're just gonna dig it out. Um, but like we we I remember reading that book, Baby Wise, super famous baby book out there. It's and, on a uh, shelf gathering yeah. dust in my house. And uh, inside, so, I don't know. It, it it helped us with a few tips and tricks for getting those sleeping patterns under control. And so my kids have been great. Yeah sleep since the beginning yeah they've they've been great sleepers wow. man i mean like you know in the beginning you're waking up you're doing those feedings you know when they're right. when they're real young but when they sh- when they should start sleeping through the night they did so yeah wow yeah Where so when we brought my daughter home it was just every two hours up and feeding and my wife was pumping there so i could i could assist with the feedings overnight and so neither one of us were getting more than a three to four hour stretch at any given time throughout Can't the function. day. Yeah. I cannot like function said, sleep, like that. Like you said, sleep when the baby sleeps. And then the first time, of course, my daughter sleeps more than four hours, we both woke up in a panic. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh, what's happening? We've all been there. Yeah, is everything okay? So we oh go my in gosh. and we put the finger under the nose yep. to feel, we can feel yep. the air, yep. or put the hand yep. on the back to feel, <laughs> exactly. feel the lungs just to make sure she's okay. So, and so my, oh, go ahead, sorry. Of course. And my, my kids are 18 months apart. So right before my son was born, my we had my daughter on the same the same sleeping regimen as my eight-month pregnant wife. So they were both sleeping 14 hours a night. They were both 8 that to 10 a.m., yeah, 8 p.m. to 10 a.m. And it, it was it was pretty awesome. Then, of course, my son came the and everything, world everything turned changed. on its yeah. head. Yep. That's yep. second kid syndrome, yep. Okay, so 
I love this theme again. We might have to do another episode just strictly dad talk because I, I could I just enjoy this. As the kids age, right? Your oldest and, and my oldest are in the same class, seven. Yeah. It sounds like we're all the same age there. Now they're at an age, we talked about failures, right? Yeah. So if they're playing a sport or doing a class and they how do you how do you how do you dad them up, right? How do you talk them off a ledge when something's going wrong and help them understand like, hey, this is gonna happen a lot yeah. for the rest of your life. And again, mind you, our kids are seven and younger. I understand some of you have teenagers, maybe college students, and it's a different conversation. What a great time for Pete to be here because he has kids that are in college now. We're going to do another dad episode in a couple weeks with another dad. And I'd like to continue this trend once in a while. But so so let's hear it. What what are some ways that you coach your kids off that ledge at at this age? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, they definitely, you know, our oldest, seven years old, first grade right now. I mean, yeah, there's moments when he comes home and he's got a story about, you know, so you know, something happened on the playground, you know, and you know, disappointing or someone didn't treat me the way he thought he should have been treated. You know, it's just little kid stuff, obviously. And so you're just you're helping them understand you, you want them to process that kind of stuff in a healthy way. You know, you don't you don't you don't just wanna, you know, preach retaliate, retaliate, but um <laughs> an eye for an eye. But they say uh, that a lot, right? <laughs> but uh so you know, yeah, you're helping them you're helping them with it, but at the same time you we're we're trying to raise our kids in the real world, understanding that like, yeah, life's not fair and you're gonna meet unfortunately you might meet more and more people growing up that uh, you got to go to school with, you got to work with one day. Oh yeah, who uh, who aren't going to treat you the way you feel like you need to be treated, and so, but you know, and I think another thing I'm processing with my my oldest right now is. Um, and, and our, our kids played flag football, you know, last oh season gosh. with one another. You know what I mean? And so so here they are. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to I, I came from a way more competitive background. I just I'm competitive in everything. Uh, like if, if you wanted to drink a bottle of water right now together, I want to be the fastest bottle. Okay. bottle of water drinker. Okay. Um, and so but my my oldest just doesn't have that in him yet. I'm, I'm hoping it comes more. But again, he's a little bit more like his mother right at, at this moment. And so uh, so I'm trying to in the area of sports, I gosh, I'm trying to coach him up on like all right buddy like because think about it like when they're so young we're telling our kids share give don't be mean don't take that from that other kid and then all of a sudden they get on the sports field and we're like take it get him get him exactly and, and so it's a fine balance again as they turn into adults and we're yeah. I'm not there yet you've got to be a fine balance of the two of those for sure in the in the workplace and going to get a job if you're in sales for sure yeah. So, so yeah, teaching them, teaching them how to process disappointment. But then, you know, when it comes to certain things like athletics and stuff like that, how do you, you know, you want to coach them up to be a go-getter. So, yeah. All right. What do you got? Yeah. I mean, much in a similar vein as uh, Clay over here that my daughter, she's, I'm going because she's the oldest one. My son is just happy to be doing anything at the time. So he's <laughs> never been so disappointed. Similar cracks me he's up. never been disappointed the day in his yeah. life. So, and my daughter, we, you teach them to be nice, to behave that they, don't, they probably have the rose-colored glasses on for a long time before they realize that not everyone has their best interest at heart. Yeah. Whether a kid wants to be stronger, faster, bigger than them, or a parent is jealous of someone, some kind of situation. And you really have to realize that if you want them to be their best, you just kind of, you can't force them to go a certain way. You just have to explain to them how another person might look at their situation and how they might feel about it, whether they're envious of it or they're they're not, they're, they they are pitying them or it really anything. So, if a failure comes their way, how would someone else view it and react in, in like in that matter? Oh, again, we I keep saying this over and over. I could talk about this for <laughs> for days and, and hours. Um, okay, while I'm talking here, you guys Google on your phone dad jokes because I wrote a couple down. I want you guys <laughs> yes. to find one because there's nothing better than dad jokes in my opinion. I swear something happens when you have a child, you immediately start having terrible jokes. Um, 
Speaking of the kids, right? So my oldest, uh, Clay had mentioned they played flag football together. I love it. <laughs> Josh is over here pulling out books and calendars of dad I'm a jokes. bit of an expert in this. Today, I, this I love this. it. I love it. So we'll see who can have the cheesiest one. Um, my oldest, very similar. I think it has to do with where they're born and, the, in, you know, first kid, second kid, third kid, et cetera. There's books out on that. He is very intelligent, way smarter than I am. He gets that from his mom. He has that competitive drive like I do. So there's this there's this intelligence, competitive drive, and an emotional roller coaster, right? That that I struggle dealing with. I could do it at work all day long, developing, training, coaching people up. But with a with a seven year old, a five year old, a three year old, it's different. Yeah. And and again, it's just we we're all doing. Here's what I say: We're doing the best we can with the cards we're dealt. Right. At the end of the day, are my are my kids and other parents going to look at me and say he's a good dad? And I I think so. I want to continue that. Okay. Dad jokes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire two off real quick while you guys look some up. I'm cracking up that Josh has a book and a calendar in front of him. It's a bit of a thing, yeah. It's this a, it's one, a bit, this on one is for me. This one is for Clay specifically. Okay. If Matthew McConaughey was a pastor, what would be his go-to line? Oh. <laughs> I'll rise, I'll rise, I'll rise. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Okay. When does a joke officially become a dad joke? I don't know. When it is a parent's. Okay. When the punchline becomes. That's like, it's yeah. Okay, he's looking at judge me. All right, last one for me, and this is my favorite one. What did a ninja order from Burger King? Mm, oh, man. I. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I I'm done. I, 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 this studio must be a black hole. Yeah, My yeah. internet's not working. Well, here, gra- is, yeah, grab his book. Let's here, see. Let's see what you got. Read the books. Yeah, read read one there. Let's think of another topic before. We, how much time we got left? We got four minutes. Okay, so four we can fire a couple more jokes show. off. My favorite dad joke that I always go to is, um, I hear that the early morning is tough on Athens. <laughs> I guess Don really is tough on Greece. Man, nice. that's, that's solid. That's solid. And, my second go-to one is I had a friend growing up who always loved counting, just nonstop counting. Huh, I wonder what he's up to. <laughs> Wait, this are is, all these? You, you might have to find this. I can't. I, I want people. I don't to, think they're all dad jokes. Are they not? I hope people chime yeah, in on how terrible this my dad joke there calendar here. There you go. Oh, you got a calendar. All right, Josh. Or, what is the problem with meat jokes? With meat jokes? Yeah. They're jokes a bit about of a grind. Meat. Rarely are they well done. Oh, nice. Oh, that was a good one, too. And they, yeah, that's their grind. Maybe you they're should write good. these. <laughs> they're good. Okay, so if he, let's see if he finds one over here. Clay's All right, well, I mean, the, here, here we are. Let's May go. the 4th, right on this calendar. The Middle Ages were called the Dark Ages because there were too many nights. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Tomorrow, here's tomorrow. We're talking about hard work right here's now. Here's tomorrow's joke. The piano was unfortunately locked out of the house. He had no way to get in as he did not have the right key. Mm. <laughs> Someone is making money selling yeah. these as a calendar. And guys, speaking of working baby. too hard, we are working too hard. <laughs> Good for them. Okay, so so last couple minutes here. I know there's one question we have to ask you, which will, which will pivot away from the parenting part. But if you could, we got about two minutes here. If you could look at yourself, right, before you were a dad and give that young dad some advice, what would you say to him? <clears throat> I think, all right, so I think one of the biggest things that I've, I've learned, right, and this just goes into, it goes into dad stuff, it goes into family stuff, husband stuff, is uh, stop, don't, don't try to compartmentalize your life. That's what I, that's what I would tell myself, because at the beginning, 
I feel like everyone tries to do that. All right, I got my got my work bubble over here. I got my my husband stuff over here. I got my kids stuff over here, and and you compartmentalize. What I found for me is. I found it too difficult in the early days to give the proper percentage of myself to all of those different things. Like some, something is going to fail uh, when I try to compartmentalize. And so what I've learned is I'm like, you know what? Like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let my family come into all of these other areas as well. Now my job is is different. I know some people's jobs don't allow. I mean, if you're if you're a doctor and you're, you're doing surgery, you can't just bring your family along with you, right? But like, but in my particular case, I'm able to bring my family along at times. And so when I go on the road and I speak and I travel, I, I use that opportunity to to bring Bethany along, my wife, to you know at times bring my kids on the road. And and so so it's not like I got to say goodbye to one area of life to go and tend to another area of life as often as I can. I just want to do it all together, and and so that my family can experience because some of those moments are are really big moments for me they're, they're big moments for for my career and uh and and it's cool to have the family along with that like i don't, I don't want to experience every good moment in life apart from my family like you know and so that's, uh that's special so yeah that's, and, that's and, and i understand everyone's workplace and role doesn't allow for stuff like that but as often as i can i, I want family and work and job if i can put them together and and do them together in a healthy way then, then that's what I like to do. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Clayton Baird, pastor, professional speaker, soon to be author, husband, father, I would say a friend now, good dude in general. Where can we find you? How do we contact you? People may be looking for a church, want to see your book, just want a new friend. Where do they find you? How do they contact yeah, you? Yeah. The, I mean, these days, you know, some social media stuff. I mean, people, you know, I guess whatever, Instagram, some stuff like that. Um, I'm not on LinkedIn, I guess now. Sitting I'm with getting you, you on LinkedIn. Sitting with you guys, yep. I need to, I guess, get on LinkedIn. Um, but no, I mean, hey, Google me like Eric did, right? <laughs> Just Google me here in Jacksonville, Florida. And, uh, and, and yeah, I'd be happy if anyone has any questions they want to reach out, man. Yeah, I'll make myself available. Clay? Josh, thank you for joining me. Pete, the job guy, not here today, but hard worker. Mm, he's not here. It's us today, <laughs> gentlemen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. To wrap up the show, we got our shout out from Boston Danny. You got a birthday coming up, but congratulations. Send it our way. We'll give you a wicked hot piss a shout out from Boston Danny. Hello, Jacksonville. Danny here with your Northern Update. Well, it's very seasonable up here in New England. It's in the 50s and, you know, rainy and doing his thing you get a couple nice days the sun comes out it's nice still a little chilly but that doesn't matter because show and i are on vacation down here in clearwater florida and it's beautiful down here let me tell you it's uh nice beaches it's just hot man it's hot it's uh you know it's may and geez it's hot down here folks still very hot but you know we're getting through it we're getting to do it i love the area of tampa i try to tone down my accent a little but they they shush me out they figure i'm from boston and then they start giving it to me but you know, we're doing all right. The Celtics are in, uh, well on their way with uh, the Bucks and all. They're a great team, but we're doing it. The Bruins, I don't know. They're getting dragged up and down the ice by the Hurricanes, but they'll fig figure it out. They'll get tough, and they'll, they'll pull it through. It's a series, you know. And then, I don't know, Boston, they got it early in the season, but I don't know. They blew a lead. They're doing it to us lately, but a lot of games, so we get it done. But enough about that. You know, I'm on vacation. It's a beautiful town down here in Clearwater, Florida. I enjoy it a lot. Peter, I know you like it, so uh, we're doing all the touristy things up and down and uh, have, just having a good time sitting on the beach. Beautiful beach. Sunrise, uh, sunsets every night, which, uh, you know, makes for, makes for a nice ending on it. So send me your shout-outs, folks. You know, I like to rip them up, maul them up for you and give me your names. I'll wish you a happy birthday, anniversary, whatever you want. So I'd like to wish a uh, wicked happy birthday to Andrew Valdina, Valendina. Uh, Brian Smith and Debbie Kernoff. Remember, kids, it's your day. Do something nice. 
you know. Nobody else will do it for yourself. It's happy birthday. Remember your mother. Uh, Peter, I love your show. It's coming along great. You're doing good, kid. Keep up the great work. I know people in Jacksonville appreciate it. So um, I also have a good friend of mine. We retired. We worked together for 34 years at the same company. And, uh, you know, he has a few more years in the business, too. But to my one of my good friends, Bobby Henley, I want to wish a happy retirement, too. Uh, good for you, kid, and uh, you deserve it. You'll do fine. All right? Brothers and sisters in Jacksonville, enjoy your Sunday. We uh, remember your first responders, your, your military active and uh, retired, all your nurses, doctors, people that keep us safe, take care of our parents, all that good stuff. And everybody be safe. All right? Have a great week. I'll talk to you next week.